0: we made this in terms of films i've watched to review this is like 10 films ago now <laughs> <'Cause laughs> Whoops. because I've, I've done three No, i've done two whole sets of cinema since then so that's six plus uh Ghost, plus island at the end of uh, island at the top of the world plus tomorrowland
1: <laughs> you shouldn't have been so flaky you should have uh, committed to the film you'd already watched before you then watched another one that's on you.
0: Uh, well, it's on you because you shouldn't have had about cold two weeks ago. <laughs> I've done four films since then.
1: All right. Anyway, it's your uh, your leading.
0: Can I remember it off by heart?
1: Let's see. Here we go. Go for it.
0: No, I can't. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to Without a Mouse podcast, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live-action Disney movies on the hunt for hidden gem. I'm Chris, as it's my film this week, I'm introducing the show, and with me, as always, is Tim. Hello, Tim. Hi. How's it going?
1: Um, I'm very tired today. I've had a very, very busy couple of weeks. We right. haven't seen each other for a little while, have we? No, we haven't, no. Oh. Uh,
0: I think we were supposed to record this about two, three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I had, first I had a cold. Yep. And then I was on holiday.
0: Yep, and I've worked two Thursdays. when We not we no record on a Thursday. I've worked two quite late ones there as well. Yeah. Which, yeah, real life, eh?
1: Gets in the way, doesn't it? It does, yeah. But we've still not missed a deadline.
0: We have not, not yet.
1: We've got, yeah, one episode every fortnight. And we're proud to say that since February.
0: We are on VH, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've never managed to keep, despite technically supposed to record every week, we've never had a backlog of episodes, have we?
0: No, yeah, I think we've done three in a row once.
1: Yeah, and that was that was the best we've managed.
0: Yes. There may be another Decombobulated coming soon.
1: More than likely. Yeah,
0: in case, you know, we need to fill the gap a bit.
1: We Yeah, me and Kirsty keep saying that we're going to do one, but um, it's... We're even finding it difficult to find time for that at the minute. You've got no excuse You to live together. I like, well, I, yeah, I know.
0: No, I, I live two-minute drive away. That's much further oh, away. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So well, difficult.
1: Right. Well, this week at some point, we will sit and watch a new movie for the next Decombobulated. I'm, I'm putting my foot down. We're going to do it. Look
0: forward to it. Is it going to be another team musical?
1: More than likely. Yeah. I want to work... Is yeah. it Grease 2? Well, Kirsty, Grease 2 isn't a Disney Channel film. Not yet, anyway. Good film, that one. Tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> Kirsty keeps saying she wants to watch the um, Hannah Montana movie, which oh. is something I've never seen. I've never actually experienced Hannah Montana. Um, Only ever Miley Cyrus.
0: No, it was a bit after my time. I think the last sort of girly Disney Channel thing I saw was the Lizzie McGuire Yeah, Yeah,
1: I used to love Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. didn't know it at the time, but looking back, it turns out I had a bit of a thing for Gordo. I don't even remember who Cardo was. He was the male companion. Oh, okay. Her, her, her Bessie mate. That's the thing with being bisexual, is when you look back at your past, you suddenly realise, oh, I was actually quite attracted to these people, but I didn't have a way of um, articulating it in my own mind.
0: Just like looking back at old TV listeners, Disney Channel, just like, would, 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 maybe, <laughs> would, definitely. Don't care if they're animated, would.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, so... Let's get on to our film this week, yep. which is Heavyweights. I had never heard of this until you picked it. No, I hadn't either, which is quite surprising, because I quite like Ben Stiller, who's in this. So
1: Yeah, and it was kind of just at the point where he was becoming famous as well. It was, yeah. I had to look just to see what sort of things he'd done previously, and it was just... A couple of years before this movie that he sort of broke the big time with his TV show, the Ben Stiller Show. Hmm. So never seen that. Neither had I. Um I couldn't even tell you what it was. I, I don't know if it's a sketch show or what, but um from what I saw it's um a sketch sort of variety show um and the main thing that they tended to do was um spoofing TV shows and adverts and things like that. Okay. So uh maybe it'll be something to worth tracking down at How's some that point. Sounds like one sort
0: of thing. Yeah. If we get that Patreon page set up, we can do it as an extra, yeah. uh, a side, a side uh, quest reviewing the Ben Stiller show.
1: <laughs> I d- well, Disney would of course have had to have produced it for us to do that, but we'd, I'm not sure if they did.
0: Uh, we'll find a way.
1: Yeah, um, I just wanted to read the um, description on the Disney Life app before we start. The hilarious story of a group of underdog kids who discover their beloved summer camp has been sold to a crazy fitness fanatic who's determined to make their lives miserable. And uh, this kind of got me got my interest before starting. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was pretty sure from the outset that the crazy fitness fanatic would turn out to be Ben Stiller.
0: Yes. Because
1: of course it would be. Of course. But... The fact that it's a, about a group of kids, I was thinking, you know, we've got your sort of Little Rascals style goonies, maybe adventure. Yeah. So, especially with it being set in a summer camp, uh, I thought this, you know, this film could be what I'm after.
0: And the description seems accurate, uh, so have the objection to the word underdog. But we'll get into why as we uh, get further into the film. (laughs)
1: Sorry, Chris, I'm just going to have to turn the light
0: on. It suddenly got really dark. I know, which considering you know, we're filming... Well, I think the heatwave's about to start tomorrow and we've just had the summer solstice. There we go, much better. Now I can read my notes. Stop dating the podcast, Chris. Sorry. How are you spending your winter solstice?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, put my ears back in.
0: I have returned. Hooray! So... Shall we begin?
1: Yeah, let's go for it.
0: So we've got this kid called Jerry. I'd just like to point out before we start the review that we were supposed to review this ages and ages ago. Therefore, I'm trying to remember my notes from two months ago.
1: Yeah, Uh, but as, as I'm sure our listeners will remember, you had an opportunity a while back to pick it as the review film since you'd already watched it and written about it and then you decided to watch... The island at the top of the world instead, so it's on you that you've uh, had to wait such a while.
0: To be fair, though, it's like the best film we've watched so far. I, I think we made yeah. a really good decision there. So yeah,
1: all right. Yeah, we ne- we needed a bit of a pick me up, didn't we?
0: We very did.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. The island at the top of the world. I'm glad we reviewed when we did. So yep.
0: then you brought it back down to wherever Tomorrowland.
1: Uh, but will you redeem yourself? Redeem? Well, redeem us. With heavyweights,
0: perhaps <laughs> after my last film, I can I can get away with one shit one at least. Yeah, but is this a shit one? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out.
1: <laughs> On your FM radio. <laughs> Stay tuned.
0: Right, so we begin the film. and We've got our main character called Jerry.
1: Yep. Who is fat?
0: Yeah, he is a fat kid. <laughs> he has boobs.
1: the The first note that I wrote was "School's out" with a Z.
0: Oh. Is a school spelled with K as well? Yeah, it is, actually. Oh, that, that is so 90s.
1: Yeah, cause, and there's three exclamation marks. Fantastic. Because, uh, yeah, the opening shot is everybody uh, throwing all their, like, schoolwork in the air because it's uh, the holidays. I am right in
0: remembering that they also play schools out by Ice Cooper because what else? I think else? they
1: literally do, don't yeah, they? Because
0: yeah, because that song appears in every single film about a summer holiday that's about to begin. Yeah. And we get a bit of a sequence of him. He walks home because he misses the bus. He's a bit knackered from just walking.
1: Yeah, and we get like a funny sort of montage of him having to get home. So he's like yeah. running fast and falling over shit. And
0: yeah, and which sets a precedent for this film, which is montage. There's a lot of montages here. Yeah. So he also he he gets asked to throw a baseball back in the camp properly because he's got a girly throw. Yeah. Is uh, scared by a doggo. Yeah. Even though, you know, poor doggo.
1: And then when he finally does get home, his parents are going to send him to summer camp. Yes. Which he originally thinks is cool until they start showing him a promotional video. And when it suddenly becomes aware that he's going to fat camp. Mm. And I put, oh shit, it's a fat camp. Yeah. Uh, At this point, I just wanted to mention that playing his dad is Jeffrey Tambor, of uh, Arrested Development fame, yep. it was very odd because he basically looks like a waxwork of Jeffrey Tambor. Because <laughs> like we're used to him being quite a lot older, seeing mm. him in the nineties, like he's exactly the same except he's got an incredibly smooth forehead, but still bald. Yeah, and uh, it just as soon as it looked, it was really off-putting to look at him.
0: I found it was a bit, yeah. <laughs>
1: he he genuinely looked like a Madame Two Swords, Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to bring that up.
0: Fair play. So of course, Jerry he doesn't want to go to fat camp.
1: Well, oh, Be- and a note that you'll probably have forgotten that it's important. He was getting, yeah, he was very upset that uh, he was going a fat camp until he then realised that there were go-karts at fat camp. Yes. And uh, the go-kart becomes comes in. More prominently later in the film,
0: it's it's more or less the plot point.
1: Yeah, so we go on quite an emotional roller coaster in this scene because it's like he starts off excited for camp, then oh shit, it's a fat camp! But yay, there's, there's go go, k- go- karts, but he still doesn't want to go. You can see why this this lad was cast because his emotional range is uh is quite something to behold. Yeah, it's all <laughs> over the shop. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And we get his soul classic go away. I'm not going. Next scene, he's on the bus.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah, gets on the bus. Um, oh, and then he, but before that, he's actually on the plane. He gets a plane to then catch the bus. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't know why. <laughs> and, on, and on the plane, he is met by Keenan Thompson, um, whose character name I've already forgotten. I just
0: put it down as Keenan.
1: Yeah, from Keenan and Kel. Of course. Um, but this is pre Keenan and Kel, so he's a bit younger but still got that sort of sassy character you kind of know and love. Yep. He's supposed to be the sort of the troublemaker of this film.
0: Mm. In a way. And there's also <clears throat> I'm right in thinking or remembering that we're also used to Ray here and he's sort of like the smoother, fat kid, the sort of almost Oh yeah. mafia type.
1: Yeah, we don't get to, uh, we don't meet him until camp. It's just Keenan but the other th- important thing that happens on the plane is that the stewardess um, gives Jerry um a badge of his pilot wings for the reason being that he's a bit scared of flying.
0: Right. And is it a bit like when you get a lollipop off a dentist?
1: A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Here's this poor child, let's give him some wings to cheer him up. And that comes into play later on as well. There's a lot of really seemingly unimportant things that happen at the beginning that then don't become important till later on, so you have to mention them at the top. You
0: make it sound a lot more intricate than what it is, though.
1: I know. Like, plot-wise, it's not very intricate, but then there's these little references that keep recurring. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get on the coach. We
0: do. Right.
1: (laughs) And And what happens on the coach? Can you remember?
0: It all seems very amicable on there. Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought it would be... One of these sort of stories where he gets on he gets on the bus and everyone's gonna bully him because there's like scenes outside yep. of like certain kids like stood with like bloody bandanas on their head so yep. it sort of looks Rambo esque. Yep. And uh, so I'm thinking, oh, hang on a minute, is he going to have like, a really rough time here? Mm. But no, they're all in it together.
1: Yeah, and uh, the camp counselor Pat, who was in the uh, promotional video that he saw earlier, yep. uh, is the one driving the bus. Um, he's already got a rapport with all of the kids as they're getting on, because they've all been to Fat Camp before. But then as the bus is driving through the entrance to the camp, which is called Camp Hope, there's a creepy kid at the gate who's holding a baseball bat and shaking his head. This doesn't go anywhere, though, does it? No. <laughs> this is what I was going to mention. Like, now that I've seen it on the notes, it's just reminded me that there's no reason at the, this point for this kid to know that anything bad has happened. Ooh. But apparently he does. And this kid is never seen again.
0: No. They're very weird. It's like, they thought of the beginning, like, okay, we'll have it a bit, you know, like an unwelcoming place. We'll have, like, these images, like the kid, with a baseball bat, but then... They just forget about it. It's yeah. odd.
1: As is tends to normally be the case with these films that we're watching, I do genuinely think there were some at least medium-sized cuts to the plot. Right. Because, um, again, there is some evidence of it later on in the film, which I will bring up when we get there. Okay. But um, there is some very significant editing choices that I think means that at least some... Something major was cut.
0: It would make sense. But never mind that, because here's Mr. Paul.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Mr. Paul from Spring of a Teenage Witch.
1: It took me a while to figure out who it was. I got yeah. it right
0: away. I'll tell her,
1: And I had no clue, but this was um, Paul Feig, the director.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah did, that's right. I,
1: I had no idea Paul Feig was also an actor.
0: Yeah, because Obviously, he went on to do Bridesmaids Noel, I don't know. Yeah,
1: cuz um I actually follow him on Twitter and these days, you know, he, he looks a, a lot different to what he did in the 90s. Um he's got he's a, sort of a silver fox and he he always dresses really uh, dapper. Mm. Um quite uh, well a- appointed. So I honestly didn't make the connection that he was the same guy as is in, as in Sabuna the Teenage Witch. Yeah.
0: But Yeah, yeah, because he was sort of typecast as a writing nerd yeah. around this time.
1: But um, he looked really funny. He was wearing like a, a crop top hoodie, cut off shorts. Yeah. Very 90s.
0: Extremely. You yeah. won't get away with that these days. Hat
1: pants, you could say. <laughs> and then big boots, yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, Mr. Paul is the one very he'll take the piss out of because he's skinny. <laughs>
1: yeah, which is a good sort of role reversal there, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You know, fin-shaming. Yeah. You know, unacceptable.
1: <laughs> and this is the point where, yeah, they're getting off the bus and the new uh, camp nurse um, asks Pat where she needs to go to uh, find the nurse's station. And we find out that Pat is unable to talk to girls. Beca- mm. Because fat.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Julie, the mandatory blonde lady of the film. Every film's got twelve one.
1: Yep. And so we then go to the bunk chipmunk that's the name of their their sort of uh cabin um and yeah so jerry keenan
0: just to point out quickly before you go on there so the main the note i got at this point was because this is jerry's first time here yeah but for what seemingly like the rest of these kids they're like back here for like the third fourth fifth time yeah and my note here was well how come they've never lost weight (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, the the character Pat, who is one of the camp counselors, he's been there for eighteen years and has never lost weight. Yeah, so clearly how strange. <laughs> clearly, this camp is not working. It's not. I think possibly it's sort of like a a safe haven for fat kids. Yes, really. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we get to um, inside the bunks. This is when we meet um, your character. What was it? What's his name? I
0: think it's Ray. I'm I'm yeah. sure he appears slightly early on, but. It don't matter.
1: No, this is this is the scene where he does get introduced. Um, they actually shake hands him, he and Jerry. Oh, properly. But um, yeah, this is a an Italian kid in a tracksuit uh, picking lint out of his fingers with a knife. Yeah. Like he is the mafia of this <laughs> camp. It's not subtle. It is you're you're Italian. You're going to camp. Therefore, you've murdered someone.
0: It's a bit stereotypical.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's weird because um, obviously, in most films about sort of tween ages and teenagers, one of the stereotypes is the fat kid. But obviously, in this film, everyone's the fat kid, so they've had to then like add stereotype to another stereotype. Yeah. So you've got you've got fat. Racial stereotype. You You've, do. Got, you've yeah. got fat nerd. You've got fat English kid. <laughs> which is a bit weird because you're not used to seeing that many stereotypes that are also fat.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, and in this cabin, we immediately find out why nobody's ever lost any weight. Mm-hmm. And that's because they've got sweets hidden in every compartment you can think of, in the floor, yeah. under the beds.
1: Anywhere the way you could stash food, they are stashing food. Um, which included... Yeah, there's this posh English kid uh, who um, whips off his top to reveal that he's got two massive sticks of um, <laughs> Italian sausage down his back. Um, and he says the immortal line, get these salami off my back. Which I just... Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Loved true. it.
0: If This... um. Reminded me of. Did you ever do PGL at your school?
1: We did. I did PGL a couple of times actually, and yeah. really, really enjoyed it. But yeah. it was yeah. very like that. You just
0: reminded me how, like, at the end of every single night, you basically like go to like the. It wasn't like no, really a tuck shop, but it was like a, like shop bit where you could like buy lots of sweets and all that lot, and you just like
1: yeah, bought a shitload and went back and ate them on your bed and all that lot. Being a fat kid at the same time as going to PGL in my youth. I remember being very annoyed because when they made your sandwiches for the day, you could have peanut butter, you could have jam, but they would not do you a peanut butter and jam. Oh, dear. I mean, how much extra effort would that have taken? None at all. I would have paid the extra five pence worth of jam that went into it, if they'd asked me. Mm. But yeah, that's pretty much... That and Abseiling of them, my only two memories of PGL.
0: Oh, God. My Abseiling memory is I... Got halfway down, slipped, and started crying <laughs> because I couldn't get my grip back up.
1: Yeah, I can believe that. There were plenty of kids crying at Abseiling. Yeah. I really
0: enjoyed it. I was, I but I did love the zip wire. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: what kid doesn't love a zip wire? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know.
0: Also, do you know what PGL stands for?
1: Um, I can't remember the real one, but everyone used to say it was Parents Get, get Lost. Lost. <laughs> yeah, was
0: like for rumor like, "Hey, dude, you know what research stands for?" Parents get lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we did an amazing school trip um with my primary school where we went down to London to PGL and then straight from there went to Disneyland Paris. Bloody hell. What that, a was, that was
0: a good week. I imagine. Yeah. Wow. For a record, PGL, I can't remember the full name, but it stands for the owner's name. Oh, I oh the, the founder it was, was like yeah. That, yeah. It was like Paul. Somewhat boring. Yeah, Paul Groves lanyard I don't, I don't know.
1: Paul can get lost.
0: Yes. Get lost Paul. Yeah. So, you shit.
1: <laughs> so yeah going back to our little uh, badge that um, Jerry got on the plane and um, the fact that he's still wearing it earns him the nickname Captain at this point mm-hmm. and then after this scene this is forgotten until right at the end of the film.
0: Yeah I didn't even know that. Because
1: you know like when you get a camp nickname like you just get called it forever, but everyone calls him Jerry after this. So
0: yeah, he's an odd one.
1: No bloody commitment,
0: these kids. No, did you get a camp nickname?
1: Uh, no. I've I've had more nicknames in the last ten years than I've ever had in my rest of my life. Okay. my My nickname when I was at the co op was um, because when I was put through um, processed through the computer, the idiot um, deputy manager that put me on the system. Uh, spelt Timothy but forgot the Y on the end. So for two years I was Timoth because it was literally Timoth on my badge. Yes,
0: that's like a really crap superhero. It is, isn't it? Timoff? Timoth. <laughs> I can fly towards the light. Oh, the light. I'll fly towards the light.
1: <laughs> it's like a Yorkshire moth, isn't it? Yeah. Timoff. But yeah, that was, I've had loads of nicknames, shit nicknames like that.
0: Mm. Next we get another montage yep. of everyone belly flopping onto this... Really cool little water thing. So it's like a inflatable thing in the lake. Yeah, and the idea is one of you sits at the end of it, another one jumps onto it and launches you into the water. Yeah, which you know, I imagine you get a quite bit of air if you like. If it's a fat kid jumping on it and you're quite skinny, I imagine.
1: Yeah, it looks pretty fun. It does. Yeah, yeah. it's something I've seen on other like stereotypical. Teen um, camp films, yeah, American
0: ones. Yeah, so, so we won't get a bit over it.
1: Yeah, it's not the kind of thing that would pass safety health and health regulations, no. would
0: it? About most uh, dangerous thing we did at PGL was the um, it wasn't go kart racing. It was on the uh, like moped type things, like oh, no, the quad bikes. That was it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah quad the, bikes. I was just trying to think of the name of it. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I remember doing them as well. Actually, that was cool. I was a bit blase about that because my uncle had a quad bike. Lord no. so I used to I used to use it every week. <laughs> it was like the only time I drove
0: a vehicle for, for twenty five years. <laughs>
1: yeah. So yeah, from there we then go to the first camp meeting where um Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's dad rocks up. Yep. I'm sure Ben Stiller must have it as a clause in his contracts for every film he gets hired for, that his dad's got to be mm. in Because he is in everything. Yeah, is
0: that his mum as well?
1: Yeah, so I didn't know this, but yeah, and Mia, his mum, was um, also... So they're playing the owners of the camp
0: yeah.
1: um, who have just announced that um, basically they're, they've they gone bankrupt, and so they've had to sell up.
0: Yep, so all hail for new
1: owner, Mr Black. Which is obviously Ben Stiller. Mr Black. Um, who was doing... Again, going back to arrested development, Ben Stiller in this the whole time really reminds me of um Tony Wonder. Yeah, the it magician.
0: Really it feels like the character Tony Wonder was inspired by by this.
1: Yeah, so he's basically he's he's almost like a a pyramid scheme cultist. Mm in his delivery of how he talks to these kids. It's all very, like...
0: It's like Mr. Motivator on crack.
1: Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So he's he's got a genuine desire to whip these kids into shape yeah. for financial gains. Yeah, this is the
0: Perky system, you know. He's yeah. trying to sell, like, all these, like, workout videotapes as a result of it. And he's talking about, like, life force and potential and all this shit. Yeah. And, yeah, and straight away, all the kids know, oh, shit...
1: Yeah, they're not happy. And with the regime change. Oh, yeah, and by the way, not only is he acting a bit like Tony Wonder, his name is Tony in this yeah. as well. But, <laughs> but yeah, with the regime change, um, Tony brings in a whole new team of staff as well. Mm. But then never fires the um No, it's the other councillors. Oh, well, he re-signs them. Yeah. And I guess this is just to keep them in the film. It's like.
0: You'd sack him.
1: Yeah, in, in reality they would get fired. But... So
0: uh, for some reason he hires the entire population of Germany yep. uh, to be his staff. And...
1: Because fascism.
0: Yeah, but more or less. Yeah,
1: so Pat is no longer counselling the chipmunks. And there's a there's this German guy called Lars. And now there is a camp uniform that all the kids have to wear. Yeah. Which is great. Which makes them a lot harder to tell apart because they're all fat. <laughs> and now they're also wearing the same clothes. It would be easier to tell the stereotypes if you know, if the English kid was still wearing his uh, suit and tie. You should just sort of like have them wear the, like the flags of our country. Yeah. I did like that at one point there is a f- reference to fish and chips from the English kid. Well, of course. Yeah.
0: You've got to get all the landmarks in there. But you... it
1: wasn't Grimsby Haddock though, was it, Chris?
0: No, definitely not. <laughs> Boo. I bet it was that like Shites and do Aunt Bess's do fish or that like like that frozen haddock shites? Bird's eye. Uh, Ah, so on.
1: It'll definitely be birds. It'll be bird's eye fish fingers. Yeah. But yeah. So we're down at the lake, um, and we find out that Lars fancies the nurse as well. Mm. Yeah, he's trying to chat her up a bit while she's watching the kids, Um, and then we go to a baseball game. Between Camp Hope and their rival camp, which is Camp MVP, which is uh, basically... Um, the jocks. Yeah, it's the jocks. It's the more competitive camp. and The unfat children. Yeah, and would you believe it, Camp Hope are not very good no. at baseball. And we get montage number three, which is of them being shit at baseball.
0: Yeah. And getting balls thrown in their faces and all that. They've got like black eyes and bruising and nosebleeds and all that. Yeah, lot. and bats
1: yeah. falling on their heads and yeah. shit. It's very stereotypical. Yeah. It's a bit brutal actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> For a kid's film.
1: And then we go to a bunk check where um, they kind of make Pez into a drug analogy where one of, the, <laughs> <laughs> one of the kids is found to be holding a Pez dispenser in his pocket or something. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it's kind of played as if um, they've been caught with a big pile of E.
0: <laughs> Should have done. Yeah. That made it a lot more exciting. Yeah, but um,
1: basically this one kid, and I didn't really get this. So
0: it's someone who's not at the camp anymore as a yeah. as a kid, but they're working for as member of staff.
1: But he's only about... Two years older than the other kids, yeah. isn't it? Must yeah. be
0: two years older, and also must have a hint of Germany in him, yeah, because be... he's grasped grasped on him on yeah. the compartments and all that. Long. Yeah,
1: he says that I used to I used to bunk in Chipmunk. I know where everything's stashed, and uh, the the place gets cleared out. And again, this kid who does the clearing out technically doesn't appear in the film again, except he does. Right. And I'll bring this up later. Okay. And I definitely will remember because my goodness, I can't remember what the kid looks like. It's been so long since I watched it
0: some So, um, <sighs> so the one that grasses them up. Yeah, the kid that grasses them up. Um, oh, I think I know where he appears. Possibly.
1: Right. We'll we'll get to it. Is it Viorgi? No, well, actually, yes. Put, the, put there we go, there put, we go. Put a pin in that. I'm sure he was in the orgy in various shots. Yes. but that Stay wasn't t- what I was thinking. Of. Stay
0: tuned for the orgy. <laughs> there will be an orgy later.
1: Yeah. So, oh, uh, right. sorry. There, there was just a funny bit in this scene um, during the bunk check where it's clear it's made clear that Tony doesn't. Um, really give a shit about any of the kids at camp because when he's talking to anybody, one of the other Germans has to hand him a stat card about that child mm. uh, with all of their like vital statistics on before he can talk to them. Yeah. So we've, we're establishing that th- this guy don't give no shits. He's just bothered about his system working.
0: No. And then have we got a bit where <clears throat> our mafia kid crosses Tony? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And with the uh, old Seymour Butts sort of gag to yep. humiliate Tony a bit.
1: Yeah, that was good. And uh,
0: But as a result, he's not he's not there the next morning. No, he's but, basically
1: been sent to the Chokey. It's, it's
0: sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> with all, then you get like the camp rumours going on. So this is like the whole, what does PGL stand for? Except it's rumours that, you know, he's dead.
1: Yeah. They, they killed him. Yeah, literally, that they've chopped him up and fed him to the worms. Yeah, um, and then during this bit as well, um, we see Jerry sat in his bunk window writing a letter to his grandmother, and it's almost like um, he's a prisoner of war in, a, in an internment camp, yeah. and writing back home. But um,
0: now this bit, and I, I guess it was a take from um, from from other films of this type, but. I got so many vibes of Camp Krusty, you
1: know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I used to have, um, I'd borrowed from Grimsby Library one of the Simpsons albums on CD and recorded it onto tape and they had the Hail to Camp Krusty (laughs) song. Did you ever hear that? Oh yeah, of course I've heard it, yeah. Yeah, I used to love that song. Yeah,
0: Splice it in if you remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if I can find it.
0: Yeah, because um, as he's like writing this letter, like, oh, it's terrible here and all this lot. You know, we get to see, like, the go karts are decommissioned.
1: Yeah, so this is our first call back to the go karts, isn't Yep.
0: It? And the the water inflatable is stabbed. Yep. So, you know, that's gone as well. There's no more fun at this fat camp.
1: So, again, you could say this was montage number four of images as he's speaking. Yeah, yep.
0: more or less. And the next bit, you might describe it. Does it involve blocks of ice?
1: Oh, yeah. I did put this, yeah. yeah. Um, Tony basically um, is on a bed of nails with a block of ice on his chest, yeah. b- which gets smashed by a hammer. And this is part of his workout regime.
0: Yeah, he's got like that strength of mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I've confused myself here because I've written it on the wrong side of the sheet. Oh, I've, no. I've written it on my... Uh, com- Thoughts and comments side rather than plot side. So I can't remember what actually happens during this scene. If anything happens at all. If it was just us watching him do it.
0: It was just more uh, Ben Stiller, crazy comedy sort of thing going on.
1: Yeah. Now, one point I
0: did want to make at this point. So they've taken all the fun things away from Fat Camp. Yeah, And it's terrible because now these Germans and Tony are having them, like, eat properly, get exercise, lose weight and all that lot. Yeah. Isn't that the point?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. But you see, Chris, you're coming to this film as a person that actually exercises. Yes, I am quite hench. You? You're, uh, yeah. You, you're, you, you're a you're very... Just to
0: uh, get my guns out on the radio, you know? Yeah.
1: four, yeah. four, calm down, mate. <laughs> it's hot enough in here already. Yeah. But, yeah, you see... I'm coming from the other side of the fence. You're the German. You're, I am. You're Lars. I,
0: I'm the German.
1: I'm Jerry. In fact, one of my first notes was um, me, age twelve, misses the bus. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, the camp is supposed to be about for fat kids, but it's never their choice to go to fat camp. Chris, it's the parents' choice, and fuck the parents. No, see, <laughs> it's for kids' fault. For being tovy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe we should stop eating as much.
1: Look, the parents are in control of their child; they're responsible for their children's diet at this age. So, if they are fat, it's the parents' failure, and then they should be punished, not the kid. I'm just, I'm just shitting with you. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after this, um, they. Have an arranged dance with um, a girls' camp. Where are these camps coming from? I don't know. They're all obviously in very small vicinity, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But um, do they all like get their own lake, and how does it work? I don't know. If you're a if you're an American listener who went to camp, let us know how many camps you can fit around one lake before there are a lot of lakes. A, so a, yeah, I suppose.
0: Have you seen all those horror films?
1: I was just about to say until <laughs> someone comes along and starts slashing people. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there's a offhand uh, joke about bulimia at one point. as this uh, this judgmental girl is calling all the guys fat, and someone says, "Well, it's better than, than you throwing up everywhere." Yeah, which is hooray. Nineteen ninety five for you. Well, that, well that's it. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Children of all ages, yep, killing, uh, throwing up all over the place with bulimia. Oh, ho. um, there's um a kid in this scene, uh, in the background, well, sort of in the background. Uh, he doesn't have any lines, but he's quite prominent. Um, and it's a kid in a beret wearing a Les Mis shirt, <laughs> and um, he's obviously supposed to be the drama kid stereotype. Yeah, so uh, this was was one of the points where I was like at some point in this film he had a speaking role and he was a main character I think.
0: And I've cut it out. Yeah Yeah.
1: because there isn't any point where there is a drama nerd as a character but the fact that he's dressed like this in so it's so blunt that he must have had a role at some point.
0: Yeah I reckon so.
1: Because most of the most of the fat kids are just generic fat kids. Whereas
0: they've actually gone to the effort here, yeah. and then not really done anything with it.
1: And he never really has anything to say, but he must have been a big part.
0: Yeah, he couldn't have just been like a weird sight gag, no. you know, like a cutaway. Because he's the, literally the only one. <laughs> and so my other slight bone of contention, so in this dance it's all awkward, and the adults are stood to the side, and Julie's still there. Yep, the and, nurse. Yeah, uh, talking to... Um, and Mr. Paul, and for some reason she's automatically convinced that something illegal is going on with with uh, Tony's ownership of the camp,
1: yeah, so again, it I'd, seems that she's sympathetic to the kids, yeah, but she doesn't have anything to go on, technically, no,
0: so it's a bit of a <clears throat> giant leap, isn't it, like, oh, yeah, I'm convinced something illegal is going on here instead, like yeah,
1: well, kids' movie, you know well.
0: You know, he's just strict. Doesn't mean he's actually doing anything legal. Not not embezzling money or anything like that. Or is he? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. And then uh, to try and get the party going, Paul Feig does a bit of disco. Yeah. Which is pretty pretty good. He's he's an all right dancer, and it does work. Everyone gets up and dances.
0: Uh, it's a quite cute scene. In all yeah. fairness, you know, everyone starts dancing, gets into it. Yeah. the first bit of positivity they've had. In the camp for ages, yeah, and so Ben Stiller comes and breaks it up. Yeah, You be we are all technically exercising.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a point. Yeah. yeah, he basically comes in, turns the music off, and tells everyone to go home because it's time to go. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, all right. At this point, how, what were you thinking of Ben Stiller's character at this point?
0: It's in a completely different film to the rest of it.
1: Yeah, that was that was yeah. that was kind of what I was thinking. It's
0: so out there and wacky and you get a feeling he'd be a lot more suited if he could swear a little.
1: Yeah, it's kind of he's playing a late night sort of role yeah. uh, that has had its wings clipped. Yeah. And yeah. You, you can tell that he, if he could, he would be throwing some F-bombs around at this point. Most definitely. But it's kind of I'm, I'm getting on with it because Ben Stiller's good qualities and his best roles are when he's being an absolute dickhead. Yeah. And he has that thing that happens to a lot of, um, leading actors, which is they, for a long time, they do really well playing what they're good at. And then later on, everyone forgets what they're good at. And they put them in more like romantic roles and Mm. uh, romantic comedies.
0: Or they do a Steve Carell.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it's that thing where at this point, Ben Stiller is, has been employed to do the Ben Stiller shtick. Mm. And it's, to an extent, it is working. It is, yeah. But it does feel like any scene where he's not present does feel like a completely different film. Mm,
0: agreed. I'm not sure how much room he's been given to improvise. Because it is, it is Joe Doppel direction, isn't it? It's yeah, like, and he is known the...
1: for his improv, isn't he? Yeah. He is,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, that has been, in my opinion, a detriment to a lot of modern comedy films in that everyone's followed his lead of letting yeah. the actors... Improvise everything. Which isn't everybody's strength, is it? It's not, no, because then they don't edit it down. Then you've got, these days, you've got, like, Will Ferrell, who, like, up with eight jokes for, like, one joke, and yeah. they're all a bit weak, and yeah. none of them get cut out. And... And you see signs definitely here with Ben Stiller's character that that's the sort of direction is going to go in for future films.
1: I can. What would make me think that maybe he has been allowed to improvise a bit is a lot of the scenes that have Tony in, Tony does most of the talking. Yeah. So it is almost like he's given like this is the five minutes for Ben Stiller to do whatever he likes, and then the film carries on kind of thing. So you might be right there that there is some improv. And then Pat and Jerry, they have a heart-to-heart talk while sat amongst the broken go-karts. Yeah.
0: Again, it's a very nice scene.
1: Yeah. The relationship between Pat and Jerry does come off as quite sincere, doesn't it? It does, yeah. They Um,
0: do this really well throughout the film.
1: And the content of what they're talking about is often not particularly deep. It's not like either of them have a big issue that they need to solve. It's just that here's a, a guy that a kid that looks up to another guy and they both sort of enjoy each other's company, which is nice. Yeah, and the nurse is secretly watching as they're having a good time. And uh, basically Pat gets Jerry in the uh, go-kart and pushes him around a bit. Yeah. Um, So the nurse is starting to see maybe there could be a romantic thing between her and Mm. our Patrick. Maybe
0: that could be our child someday. (laughs) Yeah, so the next morning, our Mafia kid, he reappears as a zombie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 all right. Yeah, he does, yeah.
0: But he's not, you know, he's, he's been allowed back in because his dad threatened to sue them for, you know, kicking him out of fat camp. Yeah. Straightforward as that. That was one way to write him out for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, with no, like... No consequences. No, he's Just, just he can, back.
0: He could have just been a background character for like for three or four scenes. One, yeah. So back in he goes.
1: So there are. He's shocked to find that there's no snacks. So they plot to sneak into Tony's living quarters. Yeah. Um, and basically steal back all of their snacks. And then we get montage number five. We do. Which is um, basically Tony is out for a run at the same time as their. Trying to sneak into his abode, yeah. So we get intercut between the two scenes, and I put that like Tony's running was pretty funny. It was, yeah. And again, this is probably Ben Stiller being allowed to sort of improv and go a bit mad.
0: Yeah, it was like like yeah, the way he was jogging, the way he was like pumping himself up.
1: Yeah, he 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 gives like a, a thousand percent for this bit. He does. He's like punching trees and like knocking people over and shit. <laughs> it's just brilliant.
0: Meanwhile, with the kids, they they find some of the food. Yeah. But the amount of time they're taking is it, like, uh, Tony's back way too soon for him. Yeah. And so it's a shit. We've got to get out of the house very quickly.
1: Oh, it's also established that um, all of the letters that they'd been sending home were actually just locked up in this case, and they hadn't actually been sent.
0: Yeah. It didn't go anywhere, though, because I thought, oh, is this like an incriminating letter? Yeah, I'm embezzling all this money.
1: It does kind of come back a little bit later.
0: Yeah. It, it,
1: it kind of establishes why the parents haven't come to save them later when things have got worse. But again, you can just, like, parents can just read that and go,
0: oh, it's a tall tale, what a load yeah, of shit.
1: It's just our Jerry being silly again. Yeah. But, yeah, so Tony's coming back. Jerry and Nicholas are the last... Nicholas is the English kid, by the way. (laughs) You know what? I completely didn't
0: twig and I just thought it was another random kid who was a bit mute and just a bit dim-witted. Yeah. Just like sat there. what, What was it he was eating? It was like some sort of powder or something throughout the tin, wasn't it?
1: Probably cocaine. Yeah, you know. Got confused with sherbet. yeah. Tony comes across as the kind of person that would be maybe he snorted some before he went for his run. Kind I
0: thought you were about to say comes across as a type of who puts like cocaine in like one, like the like a tea tin. You like you got tea, coffee, sugar. It's like uh, in, you have in your kitchen like <laughs> cocaine, crack.
1: Yeah, I can see him doing that. Ketamine. As well. And finally, Chris, forty nine minutes into the film, we get our first fart gag.
0: Hooray.
1: Which for a film about kids at camp fat kids at camp, I was expecting a lot more to be honest.
0: Yeah, for showing sure, a lot of restraint here.
1: Yeah, so Nicholas accidentally farts in Jerry's face. Oh here we go. Yeah, uh, fish what was that fart? Fish and chips? Was <laughs> or something along that line. Uh, There's your fish and chips reference. Don't know about you, but I've never smelt a fart and gone, that's fish and chips. No.
0: No. I've never smelled a fart and tried to figure out its origin. Ah, quite smells dirty. like home. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like wine tasting, but a fart. That, you know. <laughs> so they managed to all escape in time, and they do the old gag where they all hide behind the tree trunks. Yeah, like it's like in you know, Looney Tunes or something, you're just hiding away. Yeah, and
1: I fell asleep. Well, I I stopped concentrating for about two seconds. And then suddenly they were talking to a kid who was sat on the shitter yes. with a burger.
0: Yeah, they they come across like the another kid.
1: Yeah, but I I honestly didn't see the transition from that scene to the next. So no. I don't know how they've ran across him or even knew he had a burger.
0: Uh, because they were running away from Tony's store, and this is the only transition they do is that they do a bit of an awful day for night shot. Right. Yeah. Take, well, it's self explanatory, so you know, basically, it's, they want to do a nighttime scene, but it's a lot cheaper just to put a dark yeah. blue filter over it. And yeah, they've come across this kid on a toilet with a burger, and I can't even remember now where this burger comes from. It's just like.
1: He's just, Well, no, they ask, How did you get the burger? and then we get montage number six which is of um, every kid in the camp basically going out to this hollow log in the woods where um, older oh, yes. older kids are leaving snacks for them to come and get. But you even see um, Pat going to the log. So. Oh, I remember So it's, now. A, it's a joke. It's a known place uh, from everyone. Yeah. Basically. Which then begs the question why the chipmunks didn't know that it was there. <laughs> mm.
0: Maybe it was a new <clears throat> arrangement that someone up with without yeah. telling half of them.
1: Maybe. So we're midpoint through the week. Everyone's back at HQ so that they can be weighed in, see how much weight they've lost.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And it turns out everyone's putting on weight.
0: Yeah. and <laughs> I'd, I'd uh, feel them getting like rounds of applause and cheers as they're doing it. Yeah. Like, Jerry's gained nine
1: pounds. Yeah! Like when Bruce Bogtrotter eats the cake in Matilda and finishes it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, Tony flip, absolutely flips out and starts talking to little Tony. Like, he starts talking to his childhood <laughs> self about how he's going to... Sort these kids out. And yeah, stuff.
0: again, on the script, it just basically says Ben says something for five minutes.
1: Yeah. And again, you're probably right about improv because little Tony never really becomes a thing, that ha- it's just here. No. And then he said, um, Tony decides that he's going to take all the kids on a 20 mile hike, which is ridiculous.
0: It is slightly.
1: It, it's a little extreme. Yeah. Um,
0: I think then you can talk about child abuse, maybe
1: and I've written underneath it apparently Pat stands up to him but I can't remember how
0: he doesn't really oh well, well I've written it well <laughs> maybe he literally just stood up he's just I think he stood up and said hey wait a minute that's not fair and I think he gets the boot for it
1: more than likely yeah so we get a little scene with uh, Jerry and Pat again oh yes sat on son. the docks Pat's sad
0: oh poor Pat
1: yeah um because he wants to be an MVP, and I was the note I put great counselling, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically come to Jerry, and Jerry's counselling him. That'd be
0: fantastic. But uh, <laughs> if I was, if I was going to become a therapist, that might be my business model. Yeah, I'll, I'll get people in, and I'll talk about my problems, and then <laughs> get them to pay me twenty quid to make me happier.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, so Jerry um, convinces Pat that he doesn't need to be an MVP as great as he is. To which. Pat says, and I've written it down, you can keep your washboard stomachs and your oily muscles because I don't want them. And I thought this was a very odd thing to say about a uh, group of children. Yeah. <laughs> Where are they getting any oil from? I know, that, that was the bit that was spe- specifically a bit odd. Yeah. Does Does Pat know that they're up to things at that camp that they really shouldn't be? No, I mean, it's not like if you must eat, like, you're muscly, you
0: automatically produce oil out of your pause or something? Is he just like going through a fantasy or something?
1: We'll, we'll never know.
0: No, we won't. <laughs> anyway, we go on my hike. Yep. All 20 miles of of it. Meanwhile, back at the uh, camp itself, I've forgotten her name. Julie. Julie. Definitely Julie. Uh, she overhears that the camera crew for Tony, because they've like been filming all along Yeah, because want... of his next workout tape. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, owe him 600 quid. Yep. Which makes you think, hmm, wait a minute, why d- hasn't he paid him? Which, you know, if you worked in like film and media, that's your standard, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, just don't pay who you work for. Do it for exposure. That's fine. So on top, they hike to the top of a... Big hill, yep. mountain, however you want to describe it. Before we get to the top,
1: um, so I'm going to go on again. This is related to my weird editing. Yeah. Um, there's, a, you know, again, it's basically montage number seven, this hike. There's all shots of them falling down the hill and stuff. But there's one shot in particular where there's what looks like a mine shaft. Like it's got wooden planks on the floor and there's a hole in the ground. And these two kids are w- running towards it. One nearly falls in until the other goes, whoa. Watch out, and Mm. they both leave. But then, by the end of the shot, another kid is very obviously running as if he's about to fall down the shaft. So I think the gag was supposed to be that then we would see a kid falling down the shaft. It's very odd that they would put it in there and not show an accident happening, even for comic effect.
0: So, potential child violence for death, isn't it? part of Disney's standards and practices. So I
1: think it was filmed as a joke, and then when you look at it back in the editing suite, they went, shit, this isn't funny. But for some reason, still kept the rest of the shot in.
0: I might have found it funny.
1: But it comes back later, Yep. so I'll put a pin in that.
0: Okay, I will do. Thank you. Pin has been put in.
1: Yep. So we get to
0: the top of the mountain and, well, hill, and as... Tony's doing a bit of Tai Chi, the kids contemplate murdering him.
1: Yep, they want to push him off the cliff. Again, bit harsh. Yeah. don't know how, how I feel about that. But they don't, to I be I mean, fair. they don't. But, you know, the fact that we
0: contemplated it in the first place is a bit worrying.
1: Yep. It's
0: like, is that how we're gonna, you're going to get through life? Anytime you don't like something, you're going to murder. <laughs> it's not how it works.
1: They confront him. Yes, they do. Yeah, Saying that they want fun. They don't want all of this. And again, Tony flips out. Jumps up a tree, yeah, and sort of is he's swinging over the edge of the cliff, and the kids are just like, "Fuck, what's happening?" Yeah, like, and dude, was, dude, don't do that. That <laughs> was
0: something like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, don't do that.
1: And at this point, going back to our editing, this is the scene where the younger camp counselor who ratted everybody out hmm. is both. In this scene and not in this scene. Okay. Because in all of the shots showing out towards the cliff edge, he is not in the scene. Yep. And it's very obvious because he's wearing a different uniform to all the other kids, but every shot pointed at the children, he's absent. So is this a case where we
0: thought, oh shit, he's not actually supposed to be there because we need Tony on his own?
1: Either that or again, I I wonder if um, a a major plot point was removed. You mean they killed him? Something like that. Maybe he was the one that fell down the hole or something along those lines. Okay, yeah, yeah. So basically yeah, there's half of the shot so I don't know if half were filmed in like pickups later on and they, they had to cut him out, but they he's visibly in half of them and visibly not in the other half. Yeah. Which was really weird to watch.
0: Either way, rest in peace, weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> we hardly knew ye.
1: Yeah. Um so Josh sticks his ass in Tony's face at one point.
0: Well, yeah. Say so they convince him. They convince Tony to put on a blindfold.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I uh, can't remember how now, but yeah, the gag is he, he basically has um, a Tony's. Um, he has the uh, kid's ass in his face, more or less. Yeah. And he flips out, and so there's a big chase scene. But it's the kid's whole part of their plan. Because they lead him towards a
1: pit that they've dug. Yeah. Somehow. And Tony falls in it. He does, yeah. Um, and at this point, yeah, it's definitely not the same hole from the previous shot with the kids running. Right. Because the hole, the shot beforehand had lots of wood and was a purposely made hole. Whereas this that Tony falls into is a more natural sort of hole in the ground that could have been naturally formed. So there's, I think what they did was they kept in the first shot of the mineshaft to then set up for Tony falling down the hole later, but it was a completely different hole. Yeah. So this whole sequence was really jarring for me because the editing was all over the fucking place.
0: This whole sequence, I see what you did there. Hole.
1: <laughs> oh, did, yeah, that's exactly what I meant.
0: Zing. <laughs> so the kids take over the camp. Hooray! Yeah.
1: Uh, that was
0: inevitable. And they feed Lars to the bears.
1: <laughs> by ripping off his top and painting him in honey. <laughs> Which, again, bit erotic. Is a bit. It was
0: like. Did Pat show up like, with the oil? Like, oh. Oh. All over his muscles.
1: But more importantly, Danny. I got very uh, excited for you afterwards because then he gets punched in the nads. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stick a Mickey Mouse head on him and you'd be satisfied.
0: Yeah. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tony gets tied up and hidden in the shed. Yep.
0: Yeah. And uh, they also play uh, a bit of a funny inspirational tape to him. But it yep. actually just like it says, I'm a loser. Then Tony also accidentally electrocutes himself because the cage that he's been put in yeah. is electrified. Yep. Yeah. Again, slightly harsh. I'm I'm not sure if their reaction to him is justified.
1: Oh, going back to your um, tape that they were playing. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a line that they say, which is, Tony is a loser with a skinny wiener. So yeah, very odd things that happen in this film. There we go. I think that's the first time in a Disney film has ever been
0: a reference to a skinny wiener.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is on the Disney Life app for children of all ages. Right.
0: Between that and in The Lion King, where it spells out sex, you know, the was full of smut for Disney. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and the bit in The Rescuers. What bit uh, in The Rescuers? Uh, where for about 12 frames you can see a uh, nude lady in one of the windows.
1: Bloody Nora.
0: You have to read that one. That's quite a famous one. They've cut it out now, but apparently, on like, the original, original, original VHS tape... Which apparently is worth a bit of money now. You yeah, can I a- bet. You
1: can actually see it. The um, the original release of The Little Mermaid on VHS is um, sought after now and worth a lot of money because the castle in the background is shaped like a penis. I've seen that one as well, yeah.
0: <laughs> I've spent many wasted hours on Snopes.com.
1: There's um, on, I think it's Double Dash, the Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah. I think it's peach beach or one, one of the beach levels there's this big sort of coral like um, cave that you go through and it is literally a cock and balls that have like <laughs> draped over and like I found it, and it's pink, bright pink um, and I used to find it hilarious as a teenager and then when they remade the level for the Wii they completely changed the rock shape Oh, and I was like yeah you noticed as well then. Killjoys. <laughs> but I never see it mentioned on the internet I feel like I'm going mad, I've never seen it anywhere. I'll have to have a look. I'm going to see... Yeah, I'm sure if I search for it, I'll mm. find it. But at the time, I was like, am I going crazy? Like, there is a massive wang just there, and so, no one's talking about so it. So we
0: cut out the willy from the wee. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. Um, so anyway, time for an orgy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's supposed to be evaluation night, but instead um, they have a bonfire and fireworks and shitloads of pizza yeah. and
0: food. In all fairness... <laughs> The amount of times I've eaten chicken and rice over the last three or four years, I've fantasized about <laughs> just losing it with yeah. a fuckload of pizza.
1: I fantasise about chicken and rice a lot, because I've just, you know, eat like oh, shit all the, the other time. Way around. <laughs> yeah.
0: If only you could stick some chicken in the oven for 30 minutes and mm. get some microwave advice. No Sigurine. Written... But one day Tim,
1: one day. <laughs> if only. I've written here that um Threaten Pat with machete and deportation, but I'm, I'm assuming that... They threatened
0: uh, Lars with it. Ah, that's
1: it. I've if... I've written Pat, but I meant Lars, yeah. Well, they
0: free Lars after the bears don't eat him, and say, join in. Because is... if, if you don't, you'll
1: be deported. <laughs> this is how we now know Americans to settle all confrontations, is to threaten people with deportation, isn't it? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Lol. Re- know, real life. That or tariffs. Yeah, and then Pat finally hooks up with their Julie. Yep. At this party, food fights occur. and And Bad
0: bloody time as well.
1: And they all wake up. Go um, on, Pat. Give her one. (laughs) What a Twinkie! Yes, a Twinkie in the moonlight. And then they shag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I thought you like called his bobber Twinkies.
1: Your I, elect- give her your skilly wiener.
0: <laughs> give her a twizzler.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they, everybody wakes up um, outside uh, with a food coma the next morning. And yeah, it does look like they've just all had a big orgy, doesn't it? Yeah. They're all just laid on top of each other. Yeah, and they're y- all...
0: shirtless, you know.
1: There's, there's regret in everybody's eyes.
0: All sorts of cream in the hair. <laughs> Twinkie cream. So, um, this is a bit where Pat gets on his high horse and gives a speech <laughs> yeah. about self-control. Yep. And how now they've had this massive orgy from now on. They're speed walking and eating he- helpfully and everything Tony wanted to do them to do in the first place.
1: But with the right tone, Chris. It's all about tone.
0: Well, I mean, I know obviously Tony didn't really... Tony. I uh, <laughs> didn't really get the job done with his method, but, you know, that's what he
1: was there for. Kill him with kindness. That's what you have to do.
0: like Tony was innocent.
1: <laughs> Justice for Tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the next day the parents arrive and Julie's paid the cameraman to create an expose against Tony, showing... Um, Basically, that he was not a nice guy. And of course, he escapes at this point mm. to then um, uh, turn up at yeah. this meeting. When <clears> in <throat> the
0: script, it says, Ben Stiller has a mental breakdown for five minutes.
1: Yeah, he um, goes batshit crazy. He jumps through the window. He's slagging everybody off. He's shouting, he's raving. And then uh, waxwork Jeffrey Tambor smacks that bitch up, is what I read. Yep. Uh, knocks him to the ground. And then Tony's dad... Um, also played by Ben Stiller, but it's like Ben Stiller as acting as Jerry Stiller. It's weird, isn't it? It's like, yeah. well
0: why don't you just get Jerry Stiller back but with different look like, with a beard?
1: <laughs> yeah. He does a pretty decent impression of his own dad, I thought. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he um he turns up and he promises to reimburse everyone um and leaves Pat in charge of the camp for the rest of the time.
0: Well he has to otherwise the camp's closed and everyone's like, Oh, come on, Pat. Yeah. We don't want to go yet.
1: And they have their final contest with MVP, which again got a montage. Montage number four thousand and ten. You know what? And what's really funny is
0: we're sort of like skipping over it because it's sort of like, yeah, of course the fat kids win. I mean, we'll go into a bit more detail in a minute, but this is literally like the final twenty-five minutes of the film.
1: Yeah, it's quite a long section. It's a long,
0: long. The film ends about an hour ten in. Yeah, and then there's this massive section at the end, which. Again we go on about the editing because I'm not sure if it because Team MVP have not been a big deal they were in the baseball game and there's like a little bit in the middle involving them on a boat where they're giving a bit of shit but that's it they've never been established as the enemy
1: no, not really. I guess it's the um, the goal for the, for them fat kids to have some kind of personal growth, isn't it? And it's, it's just a reason for them to then have some way of succeeding at the end. But I suppose that could have been just getting rid of Tony. I,
0: I thought that personal growth would be eating you know, all that pizza genre, you growing about £3.
1: Yeah. The final um, section of the sports... Day, I'm going to call it because it is just like a kids' sports day. Yeah, is Jerry in the go kart, which Pat has souped up because apparently this uh, fat nerd knows how to uh, drive, drive and yeah. uh, build cars.
0: Now the first note I've made is
1: car chase. Yes, <laughs> another one.
0: Yes, so that puts us on eight out of ten now, something daft like that. Yeah, so we will land on the car chase don't it. Um, yeah, it did. It did, yeah. yeah. it did. So, we didn't have one in the black hole, and we didn't have one in Gus, because it was on foot.
1: Yeah. But apart from that...
0: We're back on trend. Yeah. Fantastic. And, so, this race is, um,
1: very dangerous. Yeah. Holy shit. They're all, like, airborne. Yeah. And, like, falling over things at 90 miles an hour. Fucking hell. I mean, if
0: the parents were watching, which they were... It's like, fucking hell.
1: Yeah. In a way, the film has led up to this finale because we've had... You know, Jerry spent the whole film hoping to get a ride in a go-kart and he finally does. Yeah. Camp Hope wins and Freeze Frame! Yeah! <laughs> and I don't know if you, you saw it, if you hung around for long enough, but there was a post-credits scene.
0: Uh, remind me. I don't think I wrote it down, but I think... Um,
1: I... Basically... It's a doorbell ringing, and then we see from the perspective of someone inside opening at their front door, and Tony is hawking crystals door to door.
0: No, I did not hang around <laughs> long enough for that.
1: So basically, he's gone back to his uh, charlatan days of pyramid scheming and shit. Yeah, bit of a Dell boy. It is a bit. But uh, yeah, and that was the film.
0: It was yeah. <laughs> So what are your final thoughts
1: about heavyweights? From the description, I thought it was pretty apt in general. We kind of got got what I was expecting in that it was pretty much a preteen sort of buddy film set in a camp. The villain of the piece was very jarring, mind you. Um, they could have done a lot more with the friendships between the characters. Mm. Like... Keenan's role, as we've talked about, he's he's quite present at the beginning, but he's he's not wrapped up near the end, which it could yeah,
0: have... Yeah, he does... I, I didn't actually count on answer. He does stuff, but he does not actually do anything, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, he's, he's kind of almost like the best friend role. Yeah, the person
0: and, someone else talks to to carry the dialogue.
1: Yeah, and then they fob him off as soon as Pat arrives, pretty much. Yeah. Which is a bit shit. Yeah... And I mean, that could easily be a, yet another editing uh, issue. It not
0: surprise me. With, is, it, is it like a far director's cut-out there, do you reckon?
1: Oh, probably. in In the vault, in the Disney vault. Yeah. My thoughts about this film is that it kind of felt like a Disney Channel movie mm. that basically they threw Ben Stiller in it and then released it to cinemas. Yeah. Like, it could easily have been... If it had been a Disney Channel movie, I would have been really happy with it. In that it's sort of, it's that kind of middle of the road. Mm. I did enjoy it. Mm. I can't say I didn't like it. It had a nice, easy to follow plot. We haven't really talked about it, but it was incredibly 90s in some of the tropes. Like the soundtrack, especially, was uh, basically just Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> like it's the same sort of, I can't even do an impression of it, but it's just that sort of very laid back, nice sound. Yeah. The, the, sh- the film work was nothing special, but it got the job done. Mm. It was an hour and a half. You can't go wrong with an hour and a half. Well, you can. We've, well, we've, yeah. we've established that you can. But this does exactly what this is. This is the kind of plot that fits an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I enjoyed mm. it. I can't. I didn't really have anything. Any major complaints? There were some bits that were jarring, but they weren't completely out there. Yeah. What, about, what about yourself?
0: Um, I mean. I thought tonally it was a bit all over the shop. In all fairness,
1: I think that's just Disney. Yeah, in, in general,
0: it seems to be, doesn't it? More, more of these films we do. Yeah, yeah, because like um, it definitely feels like Ben still is in a completely different film, and I don't mind him being here, but you just sort of think would he have been better in a more eighteen rate? Well, not eighteen rate, yeah. but like more of a, at least a twelve. You know, at, yeah. at least gone a bit darker than what he did with it. And he was pretty dark in places for a Disney film.
1: It's he's quite a cruel character. I he think is. that's the thing, isn't it? He's not got any redeeming features. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: But then again, in my opinion, I thought the kids were as big as jerks as Ben Stiller was. I um
1: You just fattest Chris. Yeah,
0: probably. <laughs> I I didn't think most of what the kids would did was justified, and I think at the end of the day it was fat camp. Yeah, you're there for a reason. <laughs> Tough shit.
1: I think um, yeah. If I was the parents, definitely I would be a bit pissed off that these kids were still coming home fat.
0: Yeah, and like I said it's just a film as well. Is just a weird thing of like how. They built this final act around Team uh, Camp MVP, but there wasn't anything there before. Feels like there's a bit of a film missing. But saying that, like you, it was an enjoyable 90 minutes, all things considering. um, The relationship between Pat and Jerry was very nicely done. And uh, you say I, I enjoyed it. It has its issues, but I did enjoy it.
1: Yeah, same. So in terms of gems discovered. Am I going first? Okay. Um Yeah, I'm gonna gauge mine off you, I think. I haven't come up with a number yet. I'm going to stick with I wrote down to begin with, which was a six. Okay. I I was thinking seven, so I'm gonna go with seven. Okay. In that it was it was perfectly enjoyable. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Um
0: Yeah, that's my assessment as well.
1: Yeah, so I th- I think seven's probably the uh, a good score for this.
0: Mm. Well, combined score, 13, if we do combine scores.
1: Yeah, fuck so, it, combined score, yeah.
0: So, better than Tomorrowland.
1: Way better than
0: Tomorrowland. Or, uh, not as good as Island at the Top of the World.
1: Correct, yeah, that's that's exactly where I'd put it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, just to point out, <clears throat> no Redemption Arc needed. No. I'm, I'm all okay. Yeah. I, I, I still pick better films than what you do
1: considering i have had like a really busy couple of weeks this was the perfect film i was able to get through it in one sitting without wanting to like kill myself yeah it was it wasn't too challenging to watch mm. i watched it in an evening and was happy yeah good
0: yeah which is Lot more I can say for some of the other films I have to watch for other podcasts.
1: I can imagine. <laughs> what, what have you got on the horizon without spoil? Well, with uh, definitely I, spoiling things.
0: I, I can't spoil but I've a. Uh, well, it is a bit of a massive spoiler, but I've just. Last night watched Underground. Uh, not Underground. Underworld. Evolution.
1: Ah, I've never seen any of the Underworld films.
0: They're not very good.
1: That's the one with the black-haired lady, the vampire with guns. Right? Yeah, the, Ma- Matrix vampires. Yeah,
0: yeah, Kate Beckinsale, and it's sort of like the type of film for people that go straight to the horror sci-fi section at Waterstones with all the books with crap titles on them and raw right. in black. You know,
1: Twilight, but for adults.
0: Basically, yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, where can people find you? Oh shit, no. Calm down, Tim. We've got to decide what we're watching next.
0: Yeah, well, we'll decide that first. And it is your go again.
1: It is my go. Um, I've decided today that I'm going to go for a film that I've seen. This is only the second time I've done this. Okay. Um, but it's been a very long time. Um, sticking with The Tweens Out in the Wilderness. Okay. We are going to watch the remake. Of the Parent Trap, starring Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan, and I have actually seen it. Good, yeah. I I used to bloody love this film as a kid. I I think I had it taped off the Disney Channel for yeah. once.
0: Now do I know something really freaky?
1: Freaky Friday, or no. just generally <laughs> freaky?
0: Uh, so I distinctly remember when the, when I watched this, I watched it on the Disney Channel. Yep. It was literally the same evening I came back from PGL.
1: What? You are <laughs> shitting me? No.
0: That is weird.
1: <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh dear. I, uh, <laughs> basically, the reason I've picked this film is because I was too lazy to bring up the Wikipedia article that we use to uh, gauge our films. And uh, it was the first film that popped into my head.
0: Fair enough, fair enough.
1: But yeah, we haven't done one that we've seen for a while. Well,
0: well, I've not seen it for 20 years, technically, yeah, so it's so, been a while. Yeah,
1: It's been a good long while. Used to love it as a kid, but let's see what it's like. Yep,
0: we'll do. So,
1: yeah. Where can we? People, where can people find you on the Tinterweb, Chris? Uh,
0: you can find me on the
1: Twitter, at KidsWol, S-W-O-L. Uh, I just want to take this opportunity to say congratulations for going viral again. Again? Bloody hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to turn off my notifications. I keep missing important messages now. I almost missed this recording because of, I had to turn off my notifications.
1: How many uh, thousands of likes did you get on it this time?
0: Um, I think I'm about ten shy from five thousand five hundred. Wow! This time
1: and views was like hundreds of 150K. thousands. One hundred fifty k. I actually Jesus! Fi- I actually
0: figured out the other day. So I need to make a couple more videos. But I'm forty five thousand away from a million views this year.
1: Fuck me, Chris! That is amazing.
0: Yeah. So I, I need to actually. I need to. Make a couple more videos just to get me over that million mark. So
1: imagine how many views you'd get if you actually made interesting content. I know.
0: you <laughs> <laughs> <Same laughs> fucking wrestling niche at the best of times. So then I make it splice it with even more niche content. Yeah.
1: To be fair, everywhere you fucking look these days, people are talking about wrestling. I find. Yeah. Half the podcasts I listen to, they also talk about wrestling. Two different YouTubers from different fields that I watch. Um, st- also wrestle as characters. So, everywhere I go, it's fucking wrestling. Okay,
0: i have to try and find out names of them, because I might know them.
1: Uh, in America. I'm still... Might... So, uh, the games journalist, Jim Sterling, he wrestles as Sturdust. Yeah, I've, I've, I know about him, yeah. Yeah, and um, the Carpetbagger, who is a guy that um, he does sort of travel vlogs, um, he does all of the... Weird and wonderful uh, sideshow attractions that you find around America. Oh yeah! yeah. So he wrestles in his local thing, but I don't know what he does it as because okay. I'm not. I, I'm just aware that they do it. I'm not. Yeah, I don't yeah, watch sure. them. But
0: um, yeah, I think the reason why you're noticing that is because when we were younger, I mean, and obviously you'll probably know something like the plague van, but wrestling was very hot in yeah. like ninety-seven to two thousand time. Yeah, um, for, uh, for us and. Obviously you get people like me that never grew out of it, whereas a lot of people did. But it's suddenly especially the last couple of years again, it's become not cool per se, but people like remembering wrestling and being more open about being yeah. a wrestling fan now as like for a long time I'd say I was a wrestling fan and people would be embarrassed for me.
1: Well, we're finally at that point where the people that, the kids that were consuming media back then are now the content creators, I guess. Yeah. So that's why yeah, I totally get why wrestling's become prevalent again. Yep. But I still don't give two tits about it. <laughs> um, Where can we find you? I am on Twitter at timblesrh, and the official Twitter account for this is at without a mouse. Yep. Uh, and we're also on Instagram with at without a mouse.
0: But it's more your personal account. There's pictures yeah, there's, of days there's, of there's the more, cats on
1: there. Yeah, there's more pictures of cats than there is promotion of uh, this. But you know, if that's if that's what you're into. Oh, we did get some feedback the other day. Um, maybe I should read it out. One second.
0: This podcast is shit. Don't give up your
1: day jobs. Is it like that? From Rob Yeomans. (laughs) Here we go. So William Pennell uh, said that he's finally watched uh, our second episode. Um, Not enamoured by the film, but love the random tangents you two go off on. Uh, the co-op is an awesome supermarket. I mean, don't know about that. <laughs> and that, I mean, it's such a random uh, tangent that I can't remember what the hell we were talking about in episode two about the co-op. But so
0: that would have been oh, what was episode two again? Was it Black this... Ho- no, Escape from a Witch Mountain. Uh, yeah, Escape, Escape from, from Witch, Witch Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nope, can't remember.
1: No, me neither. Anyway, that's it. We're Bye. Done. Bye. <laughs> Without a Mouse is part of the We Need This podcast network. Logo by Chris House. Theme tune by Ether4.